You know, on this podcast just last week, Townsend, you sort of you kind of joked around about about your triathlon experience and and that you're a triathlete. Um, however, that reminded me that at the Urban South team meeting a few weeks ago, mm. I learned that one of our very own <coughs> used to be a runner. That in fact he met his wife at some sort of running club. Oh wow. <laughs> so uh Sir Cheerio, you uh you got anything to uh tell Townsend and I? I I wouldn't say that I was a runner in the truly competitive realm. Uh I was pretty good at it. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I was all right. Uh I did some uh, quite a bit of trail running. Yes, when I lived in Southeast Asia and I did not have a bicycle and I would go regularly to hash house harrier runs. Now you might think saying that, that hashing um, is kind of has a connotation of a, well, that their own slogan is that it is a uh, drinking club with a running problem. And there was a lot of drinking goes on. Oh, there. I thought they had like an opium problem or, or a hashish problem. Well, <laughs> that depends on the part of the world, I guess, that okay. they're in. But uh, Where were you at? In Bali. <laughs> okay. Bali, Indonesia. Yeah. And I was one of the, what they called the FRBs, which was the, uh, I think it was the front running bastards, as they called us. Um, that Does that mean you were off the front? Yeah. So there was like a bunch of us. So you were a good runner. I was a pretty good trail runner. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You were, so you were in a running club. Yeah. You were good at it. Pretty good. Uh, not not the best. Not the best there. I mean, there were a lot of like ex-British Special Forces guys there um, who were pretty, pretty hardcore. But I was pretty good and I had some fun, some good days. I had some, I had some, they didn't really have a full-on podium kind of experience. It was, uh, but yeah, I was, I, I could, I could finish with the front guys. Yeah. So, are there going to be some Xterra races in your future? No. I can't run anymore. I cannot run anymore. That's good to hear. Trail running in Bali sounds like something that people would pay a lot of money to do sort of as a vacation. That sounds pretty exotic. You would, be, you would have situations where you're basically running along these ancient walking, you know, walking trails through, uh, through the, you know, near these these little villages and you would come around a corner and suddenly see a temple or an ancient bathing pool. So every village has a bathing pool for the men and a bathing pool for the women. And you would come around a corner and you'd see these amazing stone structures, you know, with all the moss and the, and the plants and everything. It was pretty spectacular. Did you ever see a unicorn? I never saw a unicorn, no. I saw a lot of snakes, though. So it sounds pretty magical. <clears throat> it is pretty magical. It seems pretty cool, but I bet it'd be a lot cooler on a bike. Well, guys, uh, welcome to episode 14 of the Yeah You Ride podcast. This is Bodie Bodie. Hey, this is T-Bone. And this is Sucherio. The FRB. Yes. <laughs> you, I, at one point, I will tell you what my hash name was. Oh, so you guys had nicknames. I actually still have the t-shirt. Okay. Was your hash name preceded by a hashtag? <laughs> it was not. It was pre-hashtag. It was a pound sign back then. Yeah, those did not exist back in the day. So, all right, so let's let's talk about bikes because that's what we, why we truly gather in this library. Um, I guess should we start off with the? What do you want to start off with? Should we start off with the big stuff, our stuff? You run this show, man. You name it. <clears throat> well, you guys getting good rides in this weekend? I did. Uh, had a couple good rides in fact, uh, and may have uh, introduced a new ride into our, uh, into our ride repertoire, the uh, reverse Alma Nasty Shuffle. <laughs> uh, 
Um, <laughs> if we are not nothing, Semi Dev Club is is a, a maker of quality ride names. Quality ride names. This yeah. was a quality ride. Thanks to you, Bodie. Uh, you had proposed the route on the uh, Anniversary Club ride weekend before last, uh, and we did it in reverse, uh, which is why we refer to it as the reverse Almanasty Shuffle. That makes sense. And um, and it actually was very nice in reverse. Um, the roads, the surfaces were better in that direction. And uh, that ride capped off my first 200-plus mile week since my Rouge Roubaix accident. Nice. Yeah. All right. Great. That, that is definitely a, a milestone you can sort of check off on your recovery. Yeah. That's great. That's fantastic. That 200 miles outside? That was... All outside wow. last week. Nice. Okay. Yep. So the bike was off the trainer all week, and the T-bone was uh, in the fresh air. And nice. um, yeah, good good report. You know, I mean, I'm I'm it's still working pretty hard to try to get some of my fitness back, my aerobic fitness. But the pieces all seem to fit together, and um, I'm not really having any any pain on the on the bike. And uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm I'm really excited. It was uh, it was quite a week, uh, and I hung with the hung with the A group on the uh, race to Reds, as we call it, the the hard charge uh, for the first 15, 20 miles of our club ride. Mm-hmm. Hung with the front group. Didn't contest the sprint or anything at the end. It was really all I could do to hang on. But it was a good effort. It was my first real effort as well. So had a couple breakthroughs. First real effort. Nice. First two hundred mile week. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm feeling great again. I feel like a bike rider again, which is a good, good way for me to feel. Yeah. So awesome. thanks for asking. How about you guys? <clears throat> I, went, I did not go to the club ride on Saturday. Instead, I went to the Giro ride. And um, as my Strava title was, I named it Giro Hills 90210 because, damn, was there some drama on that ride. Uh, it's always kind of eventful on the Giro whenever heard, I go lately. Yeah, I heard there Drama. was some, some bottle throwing. <clears throat> Quite uh, possibly. Um, I guess. What, was Jaden there? <laughs> oh, I wasn't going to use the name, Matt. No, I, well, was, I wasn't going to name there. names. I guess my, my big takeaway <laughs> from that, that ride was what happened was there was a flat and then the group split up and then there was a lot of like, are we stopping? Are we going? And then a lot of people kind of got caught in the in-between of like, oh, am I going? Am I not? Now it's too late to like catch the front group. Then we wait for the back group. And it was, it happened a couple times. Another flat happened in the group. Half the back group stopped again. And I guess I feel like I, you know, and and people say that no one runs the Giro. That's Mm -hmm. fine. That's great. You know, and that. Except the people that run the Giro. I think, I think they're. There could be the Giro could use like uh, a patron or something like that, uh, who just sort of says we're stopping for this or we are not, you know, just just and I will gladly just go to that ride and follow. I have no desire to lead that ride at all, but just so we know, like, oh, we are stopping for flats, we aren't stopping for flats, because I want to, I want the whole group to ride together because it's more fun that way. Let me let me ask you this then, because I have never actually ridden the the full Giro. I've only jo- uh, only accidentally joined it at the end, because yeah. I've been riding home on my own and they've caught me and I got kind of swept up with them and was like, okay, I'll get, I'll jump yeah. in. But is there a situation then where there are particular people that get a flat and they'll stop for those people? Or is it, is it what, what's, I, I thought the Giro was like, it's a drop ride. You get a flat, you're making your own way home. That's, that's what I always thought too. Um, I don't know because I didn't see who got the first flat. And I honestly didn't see who got the second flat. Um, but whoever was in the front, that front half of the field, the group never stopped for anybody. Right. But those of us who were in the middle heard the flat and heard the stop. And so, I don't know, I guess maybe... It would make sense that during there's a neutral rollout to Giro. If you flat there, it would make sense to stop. But once the ride gets going, since it is a training race drop ride, that once you get a flat, you no. Know, like unless you're like, right. hey, I don't have a CO2, I don't have a tube, like, and you can like get one person to stop with you and you know buy them a beer because you just ruined their training ride. But right, it was uh, yeah, it was. Is it kind of a gruppetto etiquette? 
kind of thing where it's like, all right, we're we're all none of us are contesting the win, therefore we're going to help each other get home. I don't know. I've never been back there. Oh, oh <laughs> yeah. Is that is that true? Because I've ridden past the Giro on its return, and I've I've I'm pretty sure I've seen you. Maybe maybe you stopped at Dongfuang to get uh, to get a po boy. Is that what happened? Uh, there have been a few times that I've sprinted really hard for some of the sprints, and then like bled through my eyes to try to not get dropped. Because uh-huh. you know the fun thing about that ride is you go for the Goodyear sprint, and the people who didn't go for the Goodyear sprint just like smash past you, and you like can barely hang on, and so. No, but there doesn't seem to be a. There always it seems to be there's a front half of the, of the ride that is sort of, rotating and and going fast, and then there's sort of a back half where you can just kind of sit in and and have a nice long fast ride. Right. You don't you don't necessarily you don't have to come up and uh, get into the, put your nose into the wind. So anyway, since we mentioned uh, the name earlier, since Matt mentioned the name earlier, I want to go ahead and ask you guys: Can I get an over under on the uh, just a guess? Number of bottles that Jaden has uh, thrown on the Giro over the last five years. You know what he said to me on the ride? He said, "Oh God, this is going to be on the podcast." <laughs> it's on the podcast, Jaden. I'm going to go Congratulations, with congratulations, Jaden. I'm going to go with five. That's I'm going to go with five, and what? that's and over the years. Over the years that Jaden's ridden the Giro, how many bottles he's thrown? Oh, that's no, got to be more than that. I've surely. been there for two, so that's I'm going to go with two. All right, Matt. Two bottles that he's thrown. I'm, I'm, I would imagine he's thrown five this year alone. So your your over under in total I'm, would be what? I, I don't know what that means. Well, it's it, an American like sports betting thing. I don't understand it. Uh, well, I guess what I mean is just your best guess as to what the number is. Over over how many? Over what period of time? Five years. Five <laughs> years. Uh, Twelve. All right, Jaden, um, you can uh, email us and let us know. Yeah, you ride at how gmail.com. Many bidons have been uh, dispossessed. So yeah, that was uh, that was my fun ride last week. I will say though, I have found a new route to the lakeshore from my house in the Lower Ninth Ward, and I'm pretty happy about it. Um, it's a way to get to the lakefront with the smallest amount of traffic, um, and I've been really enjoying that because I, I kind of dread sometimes riding to the lakefront from my neighborhood because I got to go to the St. Claude Bridge. Yeah. Which is, which is treacherous. Yeah, it's a bit treacherous. And then I go down St. Claude, and there's a bike lane, but the bike lane is nope. full of potholes. Potholes and, and trash. And you've got semis going by. So it's, it's just, it's not a fun ride. So what's your route? So what I do is I sort of take this back route into the Lower Ninth, Lower Ninth Ward, and you go underneath you go underneath both the bridges, actually. Um, and then you take Jordan Avenue to Florida. You cross the, cross the Florida Bridge. And instead of going up to Alvar, which is like kind of what Poland turns into Alvar, right? Sort of a busy road onto France, which is sort of an industrial road, Mm -hmm. and you can take France all the way to. There's also there's there's a new you can take it up to uh, the industrial canal bridge, and they actually paved over these railroad tracks. You can ride your bike the entire way. I used to like you know, to get off my bike and step over these railroad tracks. Now you can ride it and go underneath Industrial Canal Bridge and it pops you off on the wet, the sort of the turnaround on the lakefront hmm. where you go by this little beach area there. It's pretty cool. Nice. Okay. So that, that's that been a cool fun. And I happened to uh, snag a segment on that route. Uh-oh. Was it a dad, a dad segment? It is, yeah, because Zach had the KOM. Oh, Zach is a dad now. He is That's a dad, right. yeah. And he, seems, he, he doesn't seem old enough to be a dad. No, he's like 21. He's different, different kind of dad than, yeah. than, uh, than the two of us, I think. Huh, Matt? What are you, yeah. he, he, had the, he had that KOM, and I just could not understand how he had it because I went out there one time and just put down a pretty good effort, and he, I still couldn't beat him, and he said that he had a pretty good tailwind. And so I had a tailwind the other day, put in a smashing effort, and, and it's, what's fun is that it's not just a paved road it's a really shitty rouge roubaix type road with potholes and really rough pavement so that's kind of a fun kom so now that i put it out there on the internet podcast land someone's probably gonna come and challenge me um bjarnicle 
bring it on, buddy. <laughs> well, uh, I guess we're now into our training part of the thing. Yeah. Uh, speaking of amazing efforts, today I set my best max power ever of 4,051 watts. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that, that's your ticket to the world tour. Pretty pleased with that. What, did you drop like a 500-pound weight on your pedal? Pretty pleased. 4,051 watts. Uh, you know, 4 kilowatts as, you know, let's let's just abbreviate it because 1,000 is too long. To yeah. Say. It's, it's 4 a, kilowatts. Wow. So anybody out there uh, who's able to do that, uh, just give me a shout. Yeah, what do you think about that, Daniel Holloway? Yeah. <laughs> Rubbish. Uh, I bet Sagan didn't do that today. Yeah. Anyway, so... How did that happen? Uh, well, I looked on Strava, and obviously Strava, Strava is liberal media, and it only rated me as about 1,100 watts maximum. <laughs> Hashtag fake news. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, but Training Peaks, obviously, is, you know... Correct. Correct. That was yeah. on the trainer. That was on that. No, that was out on the road. Out on the today. road. Out on your road easy today. ride. That was on my. No, yeah, but I, I actually did, genuinely set a best five second power for the year. Well, speaking of numbers, if I can just speak of numbers <laughs> for a second, Matt. Yeah. Uh, you have an exceptionally large mail count on your <laughs> mail icon on your phone. 65,310 unread messages. Yeah, that's on my hot mail account. <laughs> wow. Uh, but that's you... just that's just your uh, icon. Like I I use Gmail, so all my mail comes into the Apple Mail and it's just artificially I inflated. I don't read I don't read any of that stuff. Anyway. I get a lot of fan mail and I don't read it, you know. Sorry. Guys, I think we should uh, move on from our Strava dorkiness. Sure. And talk about Lay Tour. Yes. Lay? Lay Tour? I'm sorry, Bob Roll is in the house. Lay Tour? <laughs> lay Tour. All of them? All of the tours? Lay Tour. Lay, lay, lay Tour. Lay Tour. Lay Tour. All of them? Like from the beginning of time to I now? Don't, I don't know what Lay means, obviously. Le Tour. Le. Lay would be the plural of yes. Le. Le Tour. has an S on the end. Okay. All right. All right. Shall we talk about Le Tour? Difference. Yeah, let's talk about how in the fantasy business I'm winning <laughs> against you guys. Oh, I know. My team is doing pretty good. Actually, while you guys discuss this, I'm going to just get up and go <laughs> use the uh use the bathroom here right, for we'll a, see minute. You in a minute. I, yeah, I'll just check out here. Yeah. Uh no, actually I'm I'm still here. Please go ahead and talk about it. Um uh, Well, let's check in because last week we mm. we Went around and made our picks for who was going to be in yellow. We did. I'm going Monday. to pull up my team right now. Well, wait. I can't we, wait for Townsend to pull up his team. Before we pull up teams, let's answer the question that Bodie just asked because this is the only part of the fantasy world in which <laughs> yeah, I am this now is, this is excelling. What you want to talk about? Yeah. So Matt picked Rohan Dennis, not riding. So but somehow he got in. only wait caveat because he controls. And I have a le- I have my legal counsel media, here. He. he you told me on the I, podcast I did, I did. that Rohan Dennis was in I did. the tour. I, I, when I listened so to I was given fake news, <laughs> and therefore I recalibrated and picked Mihal Kwiatkowski. Okay. Yeah. Although, as your counselor, Matt, yes. I will advise you that you should always do your own research for this podcast. Never, never take my word or Bodhi's word for well, anything. Trust me, I will never take Bodie's word for anything you ever again. You need to independently verify everything. So yes. I'm going to say that's your bad uh, for taking not, Bodie's bad advice. That's I'm going to dock you a half a point. Uh, so what? I'm going to relegate... I'm going to fire you as my legal counsel now I'm because gonna like, you're doing a terrible relegate, job. Relegate uh, Kwiatkowski. Uh, he's currently in eighth overall. Is that he's right? He's got to go back and run the Bears twice. He is uh, going to be in eight and a half, eighth and a half position now. Wow. Yeah. So well, that's fine do- because I picked, a half a position because I picked Kittle, yeah. who looked good on day two because he put on a top ten uh, time trial. Mm. He won stage two. So got ten, good. but he was in six seconds back. But then waved bye bye up that today, uh, final climb. Yeah, so literally he did wave. He literally he did, waved yeah. bye bye. 
Uh, so that means it leaves us with you, Townsend. You picked... I picked uh, Peto Sagan, and uh, he's in fourth place overall, so yeah. I win the Who's in Yellow competition amongst the three of us. Thank All you right. very First much. First yeah. edition of the Who's in Yellow, the VIURI podcast, goes to Townsend Myers. Thank good you. Job. Thank you. And Come. now, Golf clap. everything good that happened to me this week in the fantasy world is done, because I picked a stinker. Yeah, your, your Velo squad. Game squad is pretty garbage. Also, mm. two of your guys got hit by a garbage truck, apparently, and are no longer you have in the two tour. men out. Two men out already. Had two men out after stage one. Didn't uh, two DNFs in the uh, uh, wait? No, you in had the prologue. You had no. You had one DNF in the prologue, which was uh, is a gear. Oh, which was your dark dark horse, who is now the darkest of all horses. Yeah, with a broken back. That that is like a the black hole of horses. Yeah, and. Yeah, he broke. He may have broken Literally his, broke his back. Broke his back. That's hard to do on a bicycle. But then you had another guy who had. I don't know if you've seen the video of his high speed crash. That yeah. Turbo Durbo was full turbo. It was into turbo that crash. Corner. Yeah, yeah, that was insane. And uh, I don't know if you've seen the Orica Green Edge video of of that um a of that crash and then b of him the next day trying to ride with his tendon that kept popping out and him having to push it back in and then they're on the phone in the team car matty white's on the phone with with the doctor in the team car going is it all right if it keeps popping out is it is that okay if it keeps popping out okay all right, it's fine. It's fine, Durbo. Oh my god! It's good. It's o- It's okay. You'll just keep riding. Just keep riding. So and he's like, it's still popping out. It keeps popping out, and I'm popping it back in again every four pedal strokes. And he's like, okay. Uh, he says you're probably going to get tendonitis. You should probably stop now. Oh my god! So let's just say, <laughs> wow. at the very least, I picked an exceptionally hard man. Oh yeah, for one, my team. One of the one of the hardest men out there. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, and he, and the only thing he could say afterwards was like, I just feel like such an idiot for going too hard in the time trial. I'm just no use to anyone now. Oh it's, my God. Yeah. So I Aussies guess. Aussies are tough. Okay, so that it is, we should. That's a good segue to the stage one, which was the time trial, which was kind of a bloodbath. It was. Uh, Valverde broke his kneecap. Yep. Um, which could be potentially career-ending for Valverde. Did you see the uh, the video? Speaking of videos of of uh, that, that Movistar posted of, of Valverde in the hospital, he's got his yeah. knee hooked up to this bending machine sort of thing that just has his knee sort of on this rolling bendy sort of thing. I didn't see video. I just saw a photo of him, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm all good." Yeah, no, he's Peace. hooked up to some sort of perpetual motion machine that is like his knees all wrapped up, but he's got his thing. It's 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 you know keeping it moving. I guess so it doesn't lock up. I don't know. So I mean, t- Pro- opening TT in the rain. Uh, yeah, a lot of rain. GT G- wins it. Mm-hmm. Super uh, G. Super G. Um, my pick, Kittle, top 10. Nice. Yeah. Pretty good. Not bad. Yeah. Sags was sitting top 10 for a while, too. Yeah. But uh, so that, I mean, I've got to say that I kind of am into a time trial opening up a Grand Tour. Not yeah. not so much like a, a longer time trial, no. like a 40K. The sort of classic prologue. But somewhere between a prologue and what we had uh, on Saturday, because right. it was longer than a prologue. Right. So, and and the I think the UCI rules are a prologue is eight k, right? Eight k or and less. Under. And this was fourteen k. Yeah. And it's interesting because I used to think that if you were good in TTs, that you were good in any type of TT. I did not realize that it that it changed. It depended on how long it was. Meant Absolutely. Who was. Which to me is is pretty cool, and I like these shorter ones because it 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 mixes up. It someone like Gary Thomas is you know considered a, a time trialist, an all rounder, but then you also have someone like Marcel Kittel who is considered a sprinter. Right. So it's cool to to mix it up. So I I I'm kind of a fan of these yeah these prologue short TTs. 
Um, Interesting thought experiment. Would it surprise you to uh, to think that if it was a 500k, excuse me, a 500 meter time trial, uh, that that would likely favor the sprinters? Do I think it would? Do you think that that would favor the sprinters? I think. See, I mean, I mean, saying it's, it, it's of course, a, it would. It's suggesting that obviously that the length does matter yeah. because the shorter it gets, obviously, obviously the more you, it favors the sprinters. At five hundred, whoever has the most explosive acceleration. That's right. Yeah. Sagan, um, Kittle. I was actually. Cav. Would be really. Cav has won. Cav has won prologues before. So there you go. Yeah. So. Yeah, so that was stage one, um, and well, let's talk about stage one again for a minute, okay? Because there's been a lot of chatter about, you know, whether the course should have been modified, whether there should have been additional safety precautions taken, um, and I don't necessarily know that I really want to get into sort of dissecting all of that, but it is certainly worth noting that that was. Just those conditions. It wasn't just wet. I mean, it was truly a skating rink out there. Did you did you guys see the footage water. of George Bennett's crash? Yeah. He went in and he was clearly going in as cautiously as any of the three of us would approach that corner. I have a thought about that. That he went in too cautiously. Nope. Okay. My thought about that is that Look at the number of Lotto NL Yumbo riders that went down. Uh, tires. Tires. Tire talk. Mm. Interesting. Uh-oh. Interesting thought. They so, were all running the Vittoria courses. The tubular huh. courses. That uh, Lotto NL Yumbo run the Vittoria tubular courses. And they all... Well, not all of them. Three of them. uh, No, actually, I think four of them went down. Four of the nine went down. I think four of their nine went down. Uh, Roglic, right? Who was a big favorite for the stage. Yeah, that was my dark horse Your boy. Your boy Roglic went down. Uh, Yeah, they had four guys, I think, went down. So that tells me that it's not just... It's not just the individual. I think there was an equipment issue there. I Hmm. think the tire choice uh, was not right. Well, they actually had five that went down in that case if they had four riders that went down because the team mechanic went down hard <laughs> pushing pushing George Bennett uh. off to the start. Um, Bennett goes down, gets back up, gets on his bike. Team mechanic jumps out, gives him, a, gives him a little push start. As he pushes off of him, he completely wipes out onto yeah. his ass. Then Bennett has... His, his chain is still dropped, so he needs a bike swap. So the same mechanic jumps up, swaps the bike, oh. gets back off, pushes Bennett again to get him started on his new bike, and literally slides about 15 feet across the, the tarmac after after pushing him. He can't stop. It's so slick. In his tennis shoes, he's just sliding yeah. like he's on skis. So do we, do we need to blame Germany? Well, uh, I mean... I'm not going to go there, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're I obviously they have really things. good infrastructure, and if it was like a really crappy road that, like, you know, no, I don't think I don't think I'm just kidding. I'm pers- not... Personally, yeah, I I know, I I personally don't think that we could blame the organizers because I think they put up a really good circuit and everything. I I did have a slight face tube argument with somebody about it. <laughs> Uh, I don't. I don't think it's the organizer's fault. I think the problem is, is like, okay, a couple of guys go down on a corner. You, the people following, know to take it easy on that corner. Uh, Richie Port even said, like, he saw uh, his teammate uh, Nicholas Roche. Go, he was following in the team car. He saw Nicholas Roche go down. He's like, okay, I'm gonna have to take it really easy here. And he did. He took it very easy, and he lost considerable time against Froome, right? But I mean, yeah, you you take it easy. You don't crash. You don't, you know, like. What about rain tires? Well, yeah, I mean, I would. Are say, there rain tires? Well, a file tread would be certainly better, tires a, that are better a siping, in the rain. A try a tire with siping on the edges. I mean, there's the problem is is like these guys are like all set for a TT setup to have multiple tire setups for a TT. Pretty unusual. This is not cyclocross. They're not. <laughs> 
they're not going to have that kind of like range of oh do we go with an intermediate or do we go with a mud tire yeah go, and know? i mean also that you know on a, on a time trial bike you're not in the really best like bike handling position no no yeah they're nothing twitchy. is right nothing and is it's right. a short time trial so you are hauling ass so. yes you're hauling ass and then but then you've got to like break hard and early never ever so this comes into the whole thing of like technique right you've got to break early because you want to get all your braking out of the way before you turn. Mm -hmm. You should never be braking during the turn in a Unless situation Unless you're like trying that. to do a sweet skid. Right, which, you know, we saw some, and we saw, like, Kiryanka was, like, going full gas, and you saw Kiryanka Oh, the Dusseldorf like, drift. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, there was there was quite a bit of that going on, and Kiry was doing that, and obviously got a killer time from doing it, Garrett Thomas took it, said he took it easy in the corners and then just went full gas on the straights. Obviously, he's feeling very strong. So, and he, you know. Feeling strong, and then stage two, he crashes. Well, it's another let's, wet stage. Let's move yep. on to stage two. So, wouldn't it be a Tour de France sprint stage if GC contenders weren't crashing? Yeah, right. A wet Tour de France sprint stage, yeah. So, we had Chris Froome. Roman yep. Bardet, yeah, uh, both went down. Garrett Thomas went down, but they didn't really mention him on yeah. the commentary, which was bizarre. Not, they don't even—they can't even see him. They just kind of missed him, even though he's the only person wearing a yellow jersey, <laughs> the only one. He's the leader of the race, and yet they completely forgot no him love. and talked about his teammate Chris Froome. Well, yeah, obviously, it's a little Froome... little bit of a rebuff there, isn't it? It is. I mean, you know, but they're all just waiting for him to pass it to Froomey, I suppose. Um, so stage two is won by Kittle. Obviously, I picked him on my fantasy squad. So Treated. boom, mm -hmm. I, I notched the victory right Good there. Good sprint. I have to say, I like. Uh, I picked Cav as my sort of dark horse sprinter. I'm pulling for Cav this year. Yeah. We talked about last Fourth week. Place? Him, him solid finish coming for uh, coming for Merckx's record. Um, it looks like he's gonna have something to say about some sprints uh this tour so cav's gonna get at least one win this tour that's my prediction kudos to him i hope he gets more than that because god knows i've only got seven riders left on my team so. <laughs> is that your only sprinter uh i have sagan oh you've got sagan well you're, yeah. you're okay then so he's i don't have sagan he's my only true sprinter but you know i mean i i'll take sagan and and uh yeah Bo, do you in, have Sagan? Sprint? I do. Yeah. I went in. I went. I went in on the big ones. I went. I, I went Sagan, Froome, and Kittle. That's and, a good combo. And Prismov's Roglic was my sort of yeah. solid dark horse contender, but he's out. Well, he's not out completely. Is he still? I thought you said he's no longer in the race. No, I think he's. I think he's still in the race. He just uh, he crashed. So he might do something in the last time trial in Marseille. You never okay. know. But uh, I don't think I don't think you're gonna see much else of him other than that. So that stage two had a pretty good uh finish. Uh Kittle I was when I was watching it, I was like, where is he? I could not see him. Didn't see any quick step at all. Mm -hmm. And I was like freaking out and he just came from out of nowhere really far back. Um, so impressive uh, victory for him. Yep. He looks gigantic this year. I know he's a big guy, but he looks like he's he, he looks, looks like he's bulked up a little bit this year. He, I don't think any of these guys are big guys. If we stood next to them, we'd be like, these guys are tiny. Yeah. We would look at them and go, they're tiny. They're not. None of them are big guys. Comparatively, well, he is big. Kittle Greipel, is, Greipel, I would be looking down at Greipel, right? Yeah, well, Greipel and Cav are both, you know, shorter guys. Kittle is, Kittle, I think, is six feet tall. I'll, I'll be well, there is a photo. Quick. I'd still be looking of, down at him. Then. Uh, some Lambert riders, I believe it's uh, Will Jones and yep. Sam LeBlanc, standing next to Greipel, Greipel and they're towering over him. Yep. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and he's the big guy. Yeah. He was the big guy in in the in the Okay, Peloton. Kittle is 6'2", 190. That's yeah. a giant gorilla next to these so, guys. I don't so, know. I think that I think 6'2", I think that is with um, his hair. That's measuring his yeah, measuring probably, the, the quaff. Probably measuring his hair. I 
for me, I think that is a Hollywood height. You know, that is... Uh, he, so he's got to be a foot taller than Cav, right? Well, Cav is, def- Cav is definitely short. But I don't know. Cav is 5'9". Guys, that, yeah. we're, we're talking about Cav and how tall he isn't. We forgot to mention that Finney won the polka dots. He did. Stage 2. Yeah, and yeah. he was out in that break riding hard. <clears throat> Man, I thought I thought they were gonna do it. I thought they were gonna stay away for a, for a brief moment there. It looked. <laughs> I don't know why you're laughing, dude. Because there was no way they were gonna it was stay like away. Fifty seconds with five k to go. Right. Possible. And then with four k to go, it was fifteen seconds. But yeah. That's the way yeah. breaks go, right? Yeah. So, but still, yeah. that they I were mean, full gas. There were only imagine... two of them. If there were, if there was still four of them at that point, yes. But there were only two of them at that point, and it just wasn't going to happen. Oh, my God. That would have been the most amazing thing ever if Finney would have won that stage. But you know what? I think Alfredo would have won that stage if it was the two of them. You think he would have just outsprinted him? Or yeah. do you think he would have played him I better? I think Alfredo would have outsprinted him. You know, Johan Alfredo, Alfredo uh, stats from the year. You want to talk about Taylor Finney, right? Juan Fredo is on a pro Conti team. Yeah, Wanti Group Gobert. Yeah, Wanti Wanti wasn't going to be in Le Tour. I should never listen to your advice. Don't say Le, please. So, <laughs> Juan Fredo finished 14th at the Tour of Flanders, and he finished 14th at Paris Roubaix this year. That guy's a badass. Yeah. No. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, full on badass. He d- Taylor Finney is okay, great American. Well, I mean, yes. Wave your flag. I have, yeah. He's that's awesome. why I have connection to Taylor Finney is because he's an American. I watched the national championships where he broke his leg. Yeah, I like that's. I'm always going to be a great time trialist. Finished twelfth in the time trial on Monday on uh, sorry Saturday, right? Great, great finish there. But Johan Fredo is a, I think probably a better bike racer. Than he is. This is the same rider that was uh, just recently uh, hit in the face with a baseball bat on a training ride. Am I right? Afredo? Afredo? That does sound familiar. Yeah, I, I, I believe he was. So. I, I believe he's the uh, the rider who was hit in the face by a motorist with a baseball bat. Uh, not more than not more than a month and a half or so ago. But now, as F- Finney told him after the stage, we are bros for life. Yeah. Yeah. So how about today's stage? Uh, today being Monday, stage three. Stage three. It was uphill finish. A, yeah, great a punchy finish. stage. Punchy we stage. We had another Cannondale rider, another American, in the break, and snagging the polka dots. Former Tour de La winner. Yes, Nathan Brown. Um, we I think he's from Texas, but we're not, we can't confirm that. I, I heard he was from Knoxville, Tennessee. He well, I don't know. I, I also he, heard he, he has killed a man with his bare hands. But I've heard a lot of things <laughs> yeah. about him in the could, last could couple be, of days. Could be with a name like Nate Brown. You never know. <laughs> when did he? Uh, when did he win Tour de La? Two thousand eleven. Two thousand eleven. Do you guys know what his nickname is? No. Um, nasty Nate. Yeah. Oh my God. We have our own nasty. We have Nate. our own nasty Nate. I think everybody. I think every Nate. It's called Nasty it's Nate. It's called Nasty Nate. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, kudos to uh, Cannondale for, uh, as as our friend Aaron Viles said, the <laughs> we're being very proficient at climbing, the Americans. We're uh, dominating. Yeah. Dominating those huge climbs that have <laughs> yeah. happened so far hey, in this year's hey, Tour de France. you take what you can get, all right? <laughs> all right? You take what you can get. Yeah. That's a sweet jersey. And, I, and this, you know, this... On the way over here, I was thinking, wow, the Americans are doing really well at the tour. Um, we've got the polka dot twice. Yeah. Then I was thinking about our podcast that we have two Americans and a Brit. And I was like, dang, like, we can kind of, we're, what are the Brits doing? What have they done for us lately? In cycling? What are you talking In about? In the tour. 
Well, sorry. Uh, one is leading. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, I'm right. sorry. Uh, sorry Froome is in second. Okay, so, all right. Uh, Froome all right. is also uh, one in... You mean this particular tour? Yeah. Yes. Okay, yeah. So, first and second on GC. Oh. Other than that, terrible. Okay. All right. All right. Well, all right. Yeah, let's, let's move on past that. Okay, so who won the stage today? Have Sags. we talked about that? Peter Sags. Sags, who I also picked. Thank you very much. Two stage winners from a fantasy squad. I did not pick Sagan. Do you know why I didn't pick Sagan? You think that you're so I never good. pick Sagan. Always be picking Sagan. Nope. I don't pick Sagan because I want to make this a challenge <laughs> against you guys. All right. Let's remember that. This is That's... actually the first time I've picked him for my tour, my tour squad. I have never picked Sagan. I've always picked him. Never. So this year I picked him and then just a bunch of trash to surround yeah. him with. And I, w- I want to state... <laughs> Right now, that I have won this fantasy Tour de France without picking Sagan. I believe it's possible. It is possible. Um, I just feel like, yeah, I don't know. Why would you not? Well, it's it's guaranteed points. Yeah. Um, it's also it's you the people you do pick you tend to root for. So I and I like Sagan, and yeah. I like Sagan too, but I just want to give myself that sure. extra challenge. Well, I'm not as good at fantasy cycling as you, Matt. I will admit that. <laughs> um, but he, do you guys see he came out of his pedal? Yeah. Pretty phenomenal. I thought that was it. I thought that was it. I thought it was a he repeat got it of back the, uh, in Caleb Ewan at the uh, so Giro. So quickly. And and then just... No big deal. Stomped away. Yeah. As like Caleb Ewan came out of his pedal, and that was it. He Derailed was the train, you know, crashed into wow. the station, everybody died. Sagan just was doop 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 doop, yeah. and not a problem. He already had like three bike lengths on Greg Van Avermaet at that point. He was just like, he's like, he just started his sprint. He's like, got a distance. Oh, I clip, I unclipped. Oh man, I better clip back in. Where is everybody? Oh, oh, they're still back there. Okay, that's cool. I'll just keep going. It was an easy win, wasn't it? Bling was coming. Blaine yeah, Matthews sure. was coming. Yeah. Um, if he had some more road, he might have won. But, but honestly, think, Sagan I, was sitting up and yeah. then just, just had to give it a little throw. I think he had so much left in the tank that um, that there wasn't anybody that was going to beat him today. And no. that's an amazing, that was a that was a pretty cool finish. And they were talking about this on the cycling podcast. So I will, uh, the, the breadth of cyclists that were there. Yeah. Sagan, uh, you know, Bling Matthews, the puncher, sprinter guys. But Richie he, Port was off the front for a yeah, bit. Yeah, from right top 10. I mean, Contador <laughs> was up there for a bit. <laughs> so you had, you had your GC riders and your like classic punchy sprinters. It's, it's cool. It's cool when you get that mix together in a sprint. Um, yeah. So my, my two sprinters got top 10 today. Who were your two sprinters? Uh, Garrett Thomas and uh, Chris Froome. <laughs> Top 10 on that sprint yeah, stage. Yeah. Uh, my favorite part of the race today was before the climb when BMC was just hammering it on the descent to that climb yeah. to try to to try to try keep uh, Port and Greg Van Avermaet close to the front. That was pretty exciting. Uh, I love uh, seeing guys uh, really hammering it on the uh, downhills like that. So, so tomorrow... Stage four looks kind of like a flat stage. Very, very flat and sprinty. So hopefully another uh, one for Kittle and Vittle. Maybe Cav tomorrow. Let's throw. Let's throw Cav a bone. I'll get. I'm gonna fist bump on that. Fist bump on Cav getting something. So oh, guys, can I can I just say, uh, my boy Ben Swift, very cheap. Got me uh, yesterday. Got me seventh place, I believe. Nice work by Ben. He's a sprinter. He's a sprinter who can climb up the Wes, apparently. Hmm. Pretty I handy don't guy. I don't know much about this Ben Swift. Mm. So, Bodie, you mentioned it briefly earlier on, but you are in our Yeah You Ride uh, checkerboard black and white jersey. Yep. So uh, that means in, I'm... In our sub-league. So that means I'm leading out of the three of us. You are leading out of the three in of our, us. In our, fantasy, our sub-fantasy league. Right. 
We're I don't know what a sub our... fantasy is, but it sounds like a little bit more sordid than a <laughs> than a real fantasy. Yeah, and this one has like the ska inspired leaders jersey it too. Does. So it has like the two tone jersey, deep yeah. sort of uh, ska vibe that goes along with it. Yeah. We'll have to come up with some good theme music for the presentation oh. of that jersey. In oh, fact, yeah. Matt, if you want to overdub a little bit to it, I will ceremoniously present Bodie. Thank you, thank with you, the Black and white uh, jersey. Me. Uh, for this put week's put in first on week adjusting my ski goggles. <laughs> um, so, guys, next Monday when we record, it's July 10th. That's a rest day. But we should also make picks about who's going to be in yellow yep. next Monday. I also, haven't can even I, Wait, wait, wait. Can I just say July 10th next week, we're also going to have guests on the show. Ooh, all right. Yeah. First time ever. We're gonna a little have rest day, little rest day interview. Rest day interview. We're gonna have Charlie Thomas from Bike Law. Okay. And we're also gonna have Dan Favor. Favor. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. I think it's Favre, like Favre. Brett. Dan oh. Favre from Bike Easy. <laughs> Actually, I think it's Favor. Uh, so... Dan Favre of the Green Bay Packers. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we're gonna have Dan, Dan Favre of the Blue River Packers. Dan Favre of the of uh, of Bike Easy, so that's going to be awesome. We'll have them on, and we're going to ask them their knowledge of the Tour de France. So, if you have any questions for Charlie Thomas or Dan Favre, please send us an email at yeahyouride at gmail Bicycle advocacy, bicycle infrastructure, bicycle yeah. safety. Uh, these are the guys to uh, to talk about what yeah. to do uh, if you're in a bike accident, uh, how to avoid. Getting into a bike accident in the first place, where to ride safely, um, how to conduct yourself on a bicycle. And, and, and all-around advocacy for cycling. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, Sip, send us your questions, and we'll yeah. pass them on. All right, guys. So, But let's go back to the Latour before Again. we move on. La. Latour. Not, not lay. Yep. La. Okay, I'm getting it. Next Monday, Next who's Monday, in yellow? Who's going to be in the yellow? Next Monday? I, there are... Ooh. I don't even know. There's two climbing stages, so... <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> I mean, that's... Matt, you beat me to it, so I I'm guess sorry, I'm going to... I just had a little... A little uh, something in my throat there. So you're going to yeah, pick that's... Chris Froome. Yeah, absolutely. That's probably a wise pick. That's a good pick. I am going to... In spite of the fact that I, that I did win the Who's in Yellow this week, um, I'm going to go ahead and go with my strategy of making potentially bad picks. And I'm going to pick Roman Bardet. That's a terrible pick. How far down is he on GC right now? <laughs> he's about 27 seconds down. Okay. He's not even in the top 10. Yeah, he's got... Well, but it's okay. So the big the big news coming up is Wednesday, right? La Planche de Belfi. The plank of the beautiful women is coming up on wednesday and last time they went up there guess who won it chris room yes so i would he pick, dropped I would... his teammate who won the tour wiggo on the climb oh yes yeah i remember that that so, was the uh that was the stage that chris Froome declared himself a future tour winner i think right yeah and he finished second overall in that tour so i'm gonna pick GT, because he's in yellow right now. Um, you've already picked Froome. I would have picked Froome. It's not a bad. It's not a bad decision. But, so I'm just gonna say that he's that. I think that Garrett Thomas. I think you could passes be right. the yellow jersey to someone, and I think that Chris Froome is the most likely, which could conceivably mean that Sky ends up with the jersey for the entire tour. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. I think that's. I think that it. When was the last time that happened? That's an interesting question because I you, think it was totally unexpected that Sky won the jersey. It is, and yet it's very possible that they keep it the entire tour. You're right. It's one of the reasons that I'm going to at least convince myself that Roman Bardet is a good pick for yellow because maybe Sky doesn't want the burden of the entire wearing tour. the jersey for the entire tour. I'm going to counter that argument with the fact that look at Team Sky's team. 
They are solid. They're built to defend the yellow jersey. <clears throat> they are built to defend for three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we've got our picks in. Tune in next week to find out who who again. I'm also picking Roman Bardet because they have Brown in their uh, in their kit. And I am very likely at the end of the tour going to be presented with the brown jersey <laughs> for the biggest shit fantasy team <laughs> ever created. All right. All right. Okay. Uh, speaking of jersey colors, Matt, you mentioned before this. Yes. Uh, we're talk talking jerseys. about the, uh, the 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 white jersey wearer, and I thought, oh, you mean the best young rider? And of no, course, no, no. you said no. Well, the five, you know. The five teams that are wearing mostly well, actually, white the, jerseys. The current leader in the white jersey is Chris Froome. That's right. Because Garrett Thomas is in yellow and Chris Froome is wearing white, which is Team Sky's new jersey, apparently. And it's also Trek's new jersey. So, And Sunweb, for the most part, has a sort of a white jersey, right? Right. And then you got to feel for the white jersey leader who... Do we know who that is today? I'm going to look that up right now. Kirienko well, is wearing it right now. No, Kirienko was in the green jersey uh, until today. I think he lost it today. But so, I think he's wearing white now. Uh, Pierre Latour. Pierre Latour. Is, of AG2R. Which uh, is no longer wearing the brown jersey. He's wearing the white jersey. He gave the brown jersey to me. Yeah, he gave it to you. And now he's in the white jersey but also, all of Sky are in the white jersey, and all of Trek Segafredo are in the white jersey. If that's confusing to anybody, I'm sorry. That's ridiculous, well, right? Well, the best team is Sky, so they've got the best. Well, they team also have the best jersey. team. No, the best team gets the yellow helmet. Well, I know, but that's a joke. They're all wearing white jerseys. The best team, see? Yeah. Over well, your head. there's a lot of white jerseys around, and it's okay. So, can we talk about the reasoning for this? Why did Sky decide? And Sky like announced this beforehand, right? Okay, we're gonna wear white jerseys for the tour. Why? What's the point? Well, I sent you a quote from Dave Brailsford when we were talking about this earlier, and I've already yeah. forgotten it. But I, it was fairly benign, and it just had to do with the sort of classiness yeah. and the crispness right. of white. And you know, we've always wanted yeah. to sort of be clean and fresh yeah i don't know and, I mean, that, and i think that that's the key word clean because there's a lot of doubt uh, do you think that this is a subliminal we uh, don't dope because we wear white and good uh, guys wear white absolutely this is like pure pr bullshit ah uh, interesting but didn't they spend millions black. of dollars developing the cold black technology on those black jerseys well, that was back in. Uh, that was back when they were uh, sponsored by Rafa, and now they have a new sponsor. And maybe they don't have the cold black technology under, you know, uh, with Castelli. I mm. don't know. Interesting. It's. I think it's PR bullshit. And then, but then they get. Trek Segafredo to go. Hey, we're going to do white jerseys too, guys. <laughs> isn't that awesome but they're going to be pinstripes so they're different yeah but, but because... we're all in white so everybody's yeah. in white now uh let's all wear white jerseys. well everybody was in black for a while so why don't we all wear white jerseys isn't that awesome that's cool right i, I have to admit that i i have not even thought about this at once um so it did not it did not bother me at all but i appreciate your analysis on this the only thing I would think is that, okay, in the heat of the French summer, the white jersey is going to be cooler, right? Yeah. That makes sense. It's going to be cooler than cold black or whatever. White is going to be cooler. That's the, that's the only thing other than pure marketing uh, BS. You know what else would mm. be a pretty cool color in the uh, heat of a French summer day? What's that? Pink. <laughs> so uh, what kind of a pink like a, a pale pastel sort of pink a, sort of a pale pink would be a nice mm, that would be lovely cool color a rosa not much of that in the uh in the tour no there's Don't not much pink in the tour no
uh, speaking of jerseys, yes. Should no. we should we move on to the Americans who won a bunch of jerseys this past weekend? So yeah, this it was kind of confusing. There was a lot of uh, stars and striped jerseys being handed out this last weekend mm. and the weekend before, mm-hmm. and then some in between. So I know that last weekend was Elite Road. Well, yes. Yes, the elite, the the amateur road nationals. Mm. Yeah. Uh, it was also the pro crit nationals and crit, amateur crit nationals. Yes. Uh, so we saw in the men's pro race that Travis McCabe won the Stars and Stripes. Yep. Um, he outsprinted Eric Young from Rally and Ty Magner um, from UHC. I thought... Eric Young was Brad Huff, and I was. Wait, is Ty Magner on UHC now? Sorry, he's back at Hollow Wesco Citadel. Yeah, sorry. Uh, Travis McCabe is on UHC. But anyway, I thought that Brad Huff was the rally rider, and I thought that he was going to win it again, two years in a row, and I was super stoked out. Um, but Travis McCabe won it, deserving winner. I think that a few years ago when Eric Marcotte won it, Marcotte was technically leading out Travis and just did such a good lead out that he came across the line first. Mm-hmm. Um, so, a likely story. And, Marcotte, I mean, and McCabe got second. Um, so anyway, it was good. I, I think McCabe is a, is, a, is a well-deserving winner of that. Um, and as Will, Join, uh, Will Jones pointed out, both McCabe and um, Ty Magner have won Rouge Bay. Yep. So these are Lambra folks, you could say. Sort of. <laughs> yeah. They, um, come to, they come to Lambra to take Lambra money. Yeah. And then they go back again. Yeah. You know what? Lambra needs more people coming to Lambra to take Lambra money. So Fair enough. It, come take our money, guys. We yeah. want you to race we want you to race Lambra races. Yeah. And the more of you that come the more money that we can give you to come take. <laughs> and that's pretty awesome about Rouge Roubaix that it brings in that level of talent. Yeah. It's pretty killer. So uh, I can't, I actually didn't watch all the men's race. Um, I think there was a bad crash, um, but I was doing a little 4th of July barbecuing. Um, I did get to see some of the women's race too, the yep. pro women crit. That nationals. was crazy. Um, I. They were two women off the front. Yes. And then the group crashed, and they neutralized the race for like 20 minutes. Yeah. That's got to be intense. It took a good while. That was... uh, I I came in... Actually, I missed a lot. I missed the whole thing until that moment, and I just turned it on when that happened, and... I was like, what the heck is going on? And I'm also, and I'm seeing like people kind of strewn across the road, uh, a lot officials everywhere and all kinds of stuff. Is it a bad crash? Yeah. I guess. Yeah. I mean, that enough, they crash. neutralized the race because these women were just laying on the ground. Like they yeah. weren't moving. So yeah. they had to cart them off, put them on stretchers and take them off. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Um, I don't know how injured people got or anything. Uh, this was the course in Louisville. Yeah, yeah, great course. Yeah, I thought so too. Really great course because it had, had some, some elevation. Yeah, yeah, it had some up and down there. Uh, had some it... tight turns. Has like a downhill into like a really short turn. And there were there were a lot of crashes earlier in the day too. I but... thought I heard uh, the the announcers saying that they had actually either taken out part of the course or rerouted part of the course. No, they just painted the curb. Ah, that's what it was. <laughs> so yeah. you could see it. There was like a depth perception. Yeah, it was issue. in the shadows, sort yeah. of, under issue, that underpass. And a bunch of juniors. There was an issue on the underpass, I think, that people went too tight. And they were just overshooting like, it because it. they didn't know where the actual curb was. And, yeah, I think and, people clipped it and uh, definitely caused an issue. I mean, it was crazy. In the, the Cat 1 race, the men's Cat 1 race, it was a big issue. Well, let's finish the women's race. So yeah. they neutralized it, which has got to be tough because yeah. your heart... Rate goes down, your legs get all thick. And it's hot. It's and they're all shit. sitting there just sat waiting. Baking in the sun. But they, 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 I didn't see them restart it, but they let 
the time gap that was there established yep. go. And so it was Elk, Erica Alar and Lauren Stevens. Yep. And they were almost coming to like a track racing match sprint where they were just like playing cat and mouse. Yep. And then some woman came from behind and caught him. Because she was she was 20 seconds behind them. So she was trying and to bridge. And then the pack was a further 10 seconds back. That was that was the 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 split. Split. So it was like 20 so put seconds them all back to out her in order. and then ten, 10 seconds to the pack. But they were playing around with each other and she caught them. Yeah. But then once once she caught him they started going and they they dropped that rider i forgot her name but then erica alar won yep um and as someone said on twitter that only erica alar is allowed to to rock no cm socks um oh they, she was she was not wearing she uh, yeah she's a she's like an ankle she's like a chris horner type oof. sock uh she went full triathlism yeah, I don't even call those no CM socks. I just say that's no socks. That yeah. just counts as no. If socks. If I can't see them, then they're not. They're not. They're not there. So, but we also had a lot of we got a pretty uh, large amount of Lamber racers. Um, yep. In the in other amateur races, and so they had the Cat One crit, which had guys on teams that seemed like pro teams. But I, I guess what it was is if you had if your team was registered for the UCI, then you're in the pro race. If you weren't, then you were in the Cat One race. So you had like Texas Roadhouse with Daniel Holloway. You yeah. had all the Elbow Squad. Big you team had... from uh, South Carolina too. The uh... oh, they had some guys in the break. I remember the remember the, the, the black uh, and blue. Yeah, yeah, they were at Rouger Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, then you had you had guys from Forty Racing. Um, you had Sam LeBlanc and Joey Bacala, and then you had guys from Palmer. So it's sort of our local. Teams yep. are in that race. Um, I saw I saw Joey try. He was at the front for a bit during the race, and then trying with, to bridge up to that four man breakaway. He did, and then with a lap to go, I think he found himself at the front of the race. And I don't. It kind of seemed like he said, "Well, I'm at the front. Let me just try and go for it." But then he quickly got swallowed up by the pack, and uh, it's about the back. But that was interesting. There was a guy that was off. The front, there was a breakaway, and then one guy attacked the breakaway, and two guys got swallowed by the pack, and the guy that was leading solo just went around a corner too fast and crashed yeah. himself out of the race. Yeah. And he, like, got up and threw his bike over the side. That was insane. And someone said, you know, that's, I don't know, I guess that's that's poor sportsmanship, but, man, if that happened to me, I would probably throw my bike out of the way, too. Well, it's all over, right? Yeah. So, like, he was trying to get his bike off the course, so he just kind of, like, picked it up and threw it over the tape. And people were saying that wasn't what you're supposed to do. Maybe he was just looking to make it onto one of those YouTube compilation bike throw videos. You're in in the, I mean, like, at that moment, like, you're leading that race. You're about to get the jersey. You're, yeah. You crash yourself out. Dude, I crashed myself out, as you guys know. Been talking about it for weeks. That was a self-inflicted wound when I separated my shoulder, crashed myself out running into that freaking barricade. And you were leading I, that race. At the I time, was. Right? I was actually not leading that oh, race. Oh, right. Okay. Um, but the the point is, I wasn't even anywhere close to winning a, a jersey or a race or winning anything. But I was so freaking pissed off that I'd crashed myself out, and in this particular case, hurt myself very badly. That uh, I didn't throw my bike, but I certainly wouldn't have blamed myself if i had i was crashes make you mad especially when they're your fault indeed yeah. um so yeah i mean some good racing yeah this weekend uh it was good to see some of the local guys go up there and mix it up um i think the highest result might have been on the this because the USAC will list the results in its first through twenty five is on page one and then twenty six on is on page two. Um, there were a few guys who were just the top of the second page. Um, so, That's good because it was a huge field. I mean, there seemed like there were close to hundred yeah. riders in that field. So it was uh, almost there. You know, cool if you got to the first page, but kudos to them for going and doing it. Um, yeah, it's tough it's, racing. It's fun to watch. It's, it's fun to watch people you know um, race on 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 TV. 
I want to give a shout to somebody I know very vicariously who uh, came second to Daniel Holloway in the Cat One Road Race, uh, Thomas Gibbons, who is uh, the brother of a former co-worker of mine. Uh, killer result. That is yeah. a very good result. Yeah. Um, I, I think that, that road course is pretty brutal, like hilly, tons of turns, kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I know he's been racing in Belgium for the last wow. few years. Uh, so... Yeah, he's uh, been getting his ass kicked over there, I'm sure. Uh, and I think it'd be uh, maybe we can try and get an interview with him. I think that would be a good person to interview. Yeah, I'd be into it. Sounds great. Maybe we can also have uh, young Lance Abshare on for the same uh, interview. He spent some time in Belgium as well, uh, racing. Second year he's been to Belgium to race with the juniors over there, if I'm not wow. mistaken. Well, he was just at Nationals last weekend. I thought he, but I thought, I thought he'd been to Belgium again this year. Did, I don't know. I think he went to Belgium again in the early part of the summer. Yeah. Uh, just like he did last uh, year. We could ask him that. Lance, why don't you uh, drop us an email and let us know? Have you been to Belgium the last two summers? Well, I know with Thomas that um, from what his sister Sam said, she said that uh, he went to a Trek training camp in Mallorca or somewhere and he was basically told if you want to get faster you've got to go to Belgium hmm. so there it is I'd love to talk to him about that yeah, basically be... he was told that he needed to Belgian the fuck up right oh Bodie? my gosh uh, wow Ooh. let's hope Hello. that he doesn't talk about that on the podcast <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyway alright well hey um, yes. we are uh, I'm running out of battery over here so. yeah and I'm running out of daylight I need to uh I'm I need to get home to my family, so Okay. Let's uh let's let's uh Shut put a fork in it. Down. Yeah, it's done. So yeah, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, we did get an email from Aaron Viles last week who told me how to type thirteen upside down. I still need to look into that and I'll fix our SoundCloud episode. Um, but send us uh, any uh, questions, comments, concerns at yayuride at gmail.com. Um, this is Bodie Bodie and saying you can't stay here, but you got to go home. Yeah, this is the T-Bone saying I look good in brown. <laughs> <laughs> and this is Matt Sacherio saying uh, pretty pleased where I'm at today in the tour. I think... Uh, <laughs> I think it's looking good for me down the road. That's way too long of a tagline outro, Matt. I don't think that's going to fit on your license plate. Sorry. I don't care. I'm sorry, but after a long ride, I don't want to chug a dark, hoppy beer. I want a light, crisp, refreshing Coors Light. Do you know what we need to get Urban South to make now? Mm. A beetroot beer. Oh, yeah. Recovery. Recovery. That true would be the, recovery beverage. A true recovery beer. Beetroot, a beetroot ale. Wait, like as in beetroot? Yeah, beet. As in beets, right? Beet, beet beetroot. Beetroot. Anti-inflammatory. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm into it. And the maybe. alcohol for the pain. Uh, for the pain. Yeah. Maybe yeah. we can get Max to work on that with them. A, a collab. Oh wow. Maxwell, New Orleans, Urban South. That just South. happened. Boom. Yeah. yeah. Boom, folks. You're welcome, America. <sighs>